0: the best of times live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport Louisiana celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Coligas.
1: Good morning, Architect listeners. I'm Gary Coligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today, and also thanking those who might be listening via the internet at www710 keelcom Also thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pup application on their Apple and android devices in just a few minutes we're going to learn about the best treatments for difficult wounds so stay tuned to this radio show for some very interesting and quite beneficial information it is Saturday, September the 22nd and we are broadcasting our radio show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keeley Town Square Station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept call-in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the September issue, The Best of Times at one of our 522 distribution locations. There are still available issues out there in the Arklatex. Again, if you're unable Able to find one, you can always go to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to download and view the current copy of our Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory, as well as to listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Mark your calendars to attend the upcoming Senior Day Expo that will take place at the Louisiana State Fair on Thursday, October the twenty-fifth, from ten. To 3 p.m. in the Hearst Coliseum at the Louisiana State Fairgrounds in Shreveport. Of course, there'll be free admission, free parking, free admission to the Midway of the State Fair, lots and lots of door prizes, lots of information from many, many hundreds of exhibitors. There'll be lots of entertainment. Of course, all of this is free and provided for you. Uh, Last year we had over 3,000 attendees. This year we're expecting more. So make plans to attend, bring your family, your friends, and others that might benefit from. From learning about information, having a great time, possibly winning some fabulous door prizes. Join AERP of Louisiana for their AERP member tailgate party that will take place on Sunday, October the 21st. And this will be a uh, telecast game at Diamond Jacks Casino in Bossier City um, that will show the Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington Redskins football game. Everybody's going to be able to enjoy that the game, have gate food snacks and refreshments will be served again for more information about this do call the this phone number at one eight seven seven nine two six eighty three hundred again that's one eight seven seven nine two six eighty three hundred We'll be right back with more information. But now, 're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel, probably presented by A Bear's Tending Country S. Report your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer.
0: Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas.
1: Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bear's Country of Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a special guest. It's Mr. Frank Aviles, who is a nationally known wound care specialist, and I'm asking him to come on our show to discuss the ways that individuals can treat difficult wounds and also other health care recommendations, but also when you need to contact and make make uh, use of a wound care specialist. So thank you, Frank, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour.
2: Well, thank you, Gary, and I'm really appreciative of being here. Anytime I can help the community uh, recognize when there's a problem or even when I can help clinicians decide what to do and do the right thing. It really matters, because in reality, what we're doing is saving lives, saving legs. Well, That is positive, Frank.
1: I want to tell my listeners, I I met Frank at a Community Health Education Network uh, meeting, and I was very impressed by him, by skills, by his presentation and learning from others uh, how many people he has helped. Now, he's not from the Shreveport area. He's from the Natchitoches area. He's uh, wound care service line director at Natchitoches Regional Medical Center, a fantastic hospital down there. But But he also also goes and travels throughout the world right to educate other clinicians and others about wound care right
2: Yes, sir. Uh, I have a tendency I can't say no to different opportunities <laughs> because I want to learn. The more I learn, the more I can help our community. So yes, I do get around. I teach uh, in and outside of the U.S. Every opportunity that I ca- I can have.
1: And you also are public. You publish uh, articles which are really pretty good, and they're and they're designed for non-clinicians. I I've read some of them, and I'm, I'm, you know even though I know a little bit about medical terminology, but you 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 put it down to basics. I mean, and I like that one of your columns. It's called Let's Be Frank. That's a great idea. Well, taking up your your name is being frank and just right to the point, right? <laughs>
2: yes, and actually, I always tell people English is not my first language, <laughs> and I have great editors. But uh, I saw that as an opportunity. Uh, I can reach more people uh, just by writing about what I see out there. What's the best thing for patients? What's not the best thing for patients?
1: So let's let's brag a little bit. So, how how many years you've been involved in moon care? And I want to mention to my listeners, you are a um, professional uh, physical therapist.
2: But went into wound care specialty, right? Yes, sir. Uh, I've been a physical therapist for 27 years, and I'm I'm a little unique because I like wound care. Uh, early on in my career, um, I did get involved in wound care, and I saw that if you do the right thing, if you find out why that wound's not healing, you're able to heal somebody. And that's significant because the only place you hear about healing was in the Bible, you know, when Jesus heals uh, somebody, heals his wounds. And actually, you can see it. You can see that wound close up in no time just by doing the right things. And that's that's the important part, doing the right thing. Uh,
1: So we're going to talk about why why do wounds, why don't they heal?
2: Well, um, there's a plethora of things. And actually... When I speak, I tell people I like to play Matlock. I want to <laughs> find out. You know, the question is that wound got there for a reason. Why is it not healing? And there's uh, you know, the most common uh, reasons could be no circulation. If you have a low extremity wound and there's no blood flow to it, you know, it's not going to heal. And uh, actually, there's doctors out of South Louisiana that have stated that a lot of times we amputate a leg without knowing if there's good or bad blood flow. Uh, it's just like oh, in a that's house. That's really sad, right? It, it is sad. And um, that's why we created the Wound Care Center in Natchitoches because I saw I saw how we can help. But just like when you're rebuilding a house, I mean, if you have all galvanized pipe, that water's not going to get into the house for you to shower. I mean, I, I used to live in one of those houses. <laughs> you flush the toilet, you can't shower. Same thing with a leg. You can't heal that wound if you can't get enough blood flow to heal it. Wow. Well, that, so that's one of the critical. What about
1: you? Hear you know people that are telling me, oh, uh, they don't want to go in to see anybody. It's just a minor cut with a knife cut or a scrape or a, um, uh, an ulcer that that busted, etc. So so again, and, but after how long should they go see a specialist?
2: Well, you know we see that quite a bit. Um, typically, when we were young. We got to cut. We heal fast. As we get older, we run into complications. We run into different problems. Now we have diabetes. Now we have other conditions that make it hard to heal a wound. So we try to take care of the wounds at home until it's too late. Um, Typically, if you're looking at time frame, you know, wound care, there's such a science. If you tell me, if I can tell you what kind of wound you have, I can tell you what I expect for it to heal. So typically they say if in 30 days it's not making progress. 30 days? Wow. That's that's what they say. 30 days. But you know what? I wouldn't wait 30 days. You know, because, again, I see people that come in and they didn't realize there's bone sticking out of that wound. So if the wound's not making progress, I say in a few weeks, and you're doctoring at home, it's time to let somebody else take care of it. And if you're a diabetic, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even try to take care of it by myself or on your own. I would go to a specialist. I would go to a place that deals with wound care because diabetics, their condition can change rapidly. So the ones that wait too long, we're helping them amputate the leg because it's too late. And if you take care of it early on. You can prevent all these problems.
1: And correct me—they have less sensation in their in their feet and other extremities that they, sometimes they don't know they have a big wound gro- or, 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 or cut or uh, a situation
2: there where it could get more serious. Right? You know, um, I, I talk to diabetics when they come in, and I can tell you we educate them, but they're still walking barefoot in the house. Um, I can tell you of a patient. I remember this so well. Uh, It was Gainesville, Florida, and they came in because they had problems with their shoe. When I looked at their foot, what happened is they stepped on a nail. It went through the shoe, through the foot, and they didn't realize they were like this for days. They couldn't get the shoe off. So if you start having a problem, you know, go see somebody right away.
1: So it's, it's important for diabetics and even others that, to get somebody to, to examine you, especially your diabetics I and mean, your feet. I mean, it's hard to bend. Some of them, I hate to say this, that it's difficult for them to bend over to see if they've had any foot problems or foot issues or cuts or, or bruises there. It's good, for, it's good to see and, and to treat those wounds qu- quickly.
2: Yes, and actually you mentioned neuropathy that's when patients don't have sensation. And the number one factor that will put a patient in the hospital is because they started with neuropathy, they had an injury, they didn't know, it. now they have a wound. If that wound stays open for 30 days, the chances of that being infected is pretty high. So by the time they get to the hospital, they're already infected, they have a wound and it's not going to heal unless you do the right thing. So yes, so the earlier the better. There was a doctor, Dr. Paul Brant. Actually, he worked in Carville, Louisiana. And the one thing, he was asked at a conference, how can you prevent amputations? And he turned around and said, all you have to do, take off their shoes, their socks, and look at their feet. And I see that. If patients go to the ER, they'll have other problems. And our nurses at Natchitoches Regional they do the skin inspection, and it's amazing when somebody goes in for an unrelated problem, they look at their feet, and lo and behold, there's a problem with their foot. So, again, recognize and inspecting.
1: And not not assuming that there's no problem there, make sure you verify it. You know, that the, the patient or family, oh, he has no problems there, or she has no problems there. It's like, you know, let, let's verify that, right?
2: Right, right. So, some
1: of them don't want to be bothered or don't want to bother the clinician or, or person. I, I'm paying. Hey, I've seen that happen many a time where I have no problems. But when, once the inspection or once the, the the actual lab testing, but the inspection of the individual, then they find the issue, right?
2: Right, right. You know, I'm fortunate. Uh, in our wound care center, I work with a multidisciplinary team, which that shows that, that right they are working with a team, 75% chance that you're going to save that leg working together. And I have a podiatrist in our team, Dr. Ogali. Um, And and I do a lot of work with him and also uh, a local doctor, Dr. Hilario. And uh, we've written articles. We've done lectures, all of us together. And I'm going to tell you my thinking. Um, When a diabetic gets a callus, okay, to me, that's a check engine light on the dashboard. Oh, good point. You get a callus. What you do from there on is going to mean that, yeah, if you ignore that check engine light, you're going to end up with a faulty engine. If you ignore that callus, I'm going to tell you, when they come into a clinic, it may be too late. Because underneath that callus, there might be a wound, a sore, that could be there for 30 days festering up. So not having sensation and having a wound underneath that callus could be detrimental to a patient. And that's the
1: body's defense system for the callus going over to give it that little protection for a while, right, from infection, etc. But once it pops, once it busts, it's open to... Anything, right?
2: Right. And typically, um, you know, as a physical therapist, we concentrate on how people walk. As we age, as we have diabetes, it affects the muscle. So it will change your, your, your structure in your foot. That right there, changing the way you walk, increases that, the callus, which is caused by friction. So if you have a callus, the question is what change in your foot and how can we fix it before you end up with a wound? Okay. Let's
1: let's go into some more more advice for our, our patients out there, our our listeners out there. Who may have a loved one that has a particular wound. Is it important that an individual, let's say they, they have a, a wound and uh, maybe they're they've already got some treatment at your your wound care clinic or clinic and area. Uh, Shouldn't they really also concern themselves about what they eat because the the, the nutrition is going to affect the, the way the body uh, triggers to help it heal? Is that right? Because I, I know I'm, why I'm telling you this is because I know some people when they get these cuts or bruises or bed sores, they decided they don't eat anymore. They want to they fast for a while because maybe that will just let it rest the body and then rest it and you know the, it'll heal by itself. Tell our listeners a little bit about that
2: rumor. Right. Um, let's get back with the car analogy. Okay. You know, um, especially if we get a brand new car, I can tell you that we're going to put the best gas there is. We're not going to go with the 87 octane. We're going <laughs> to go with the higher because we want to take care of that car. But when it comes to our bodies, what I see out there is that, you know, we don't eat right. Um, it also could be that the healthy foods are more expensive. But that affects the body and the healing process. Um, we expect that you have certain amount of nutrition because if you eat right, it can help that wound heal. I can tell you that patients that come in the hospital, the statistics show that 50%. On the low side, you're looking at 35, 35% of the patients that come in the hospital already malnourished. Oh. And if you're in the healthcare system, if you go in the hospital, chances are that you may have another problem not eating right. And I can tell you the wounds that do not heal because they're not eating right. So um, some of my friends doing surgeries, if it's an elective surgery, they want you to make sure that you're eating right. If you don't have a certain amount of nutrition, they're going to postpone the surgery because you're going to open up, uh, as well as not smoking. Oh, yes.
1: uh, Explain to our listeners why why smoking affects um, wound healing. And another condition,
2: but I never thought about the wound healing process. Um, It's amazing. Uh, Smoking, you know, when you're in school, if you had wound care education, which a lot of schools will not provide that. And I must say, you have a school here in your own backyard uh, helping therapists with wound care. They even have a residency program. And the professors there, uh, you may know them, Dr. McCullough, McCallan, and Mahoney. Uh, They're nationally known as well. Uh, They've been published. But with that said, we learn in school that it decreases the circulation going to your leg. But you know what? What I see mostly is that the chances of getting an infection increase when you smoke. I can go back and tell you patient after patient, we had a nice wound, they kept smoking, and all of a sudden they got infected. Uh, Some of my other friends will not do surgery on patients that are smokers, if it's selective, for six weeks. Because it takes six weeks for it to be out of your system. So it does affect the blood flow to your leg. As well as chances of infection increasing well let's
1: let's talk with some practicality i I have this recent individual that went hunting and cut himself with his super duper super sharp knife and he's a big smoker and I you know Gary's not the uh, Uh, expert but I I, I suggested to him I said if you want to get this he he got it treated and he he procrastinated for it but he still smokes like tremendously I said you need to curb back a little bit it might help the improvement of this particular particular knife wound that he has and it's sad but Sometimes they're stubborn, right? People are, have you dealt with those kind of patients that are stubborn? They don't want to. They hear the advice, but they don't implement the advice.
2: Well, yes, then it's sad. Yes, and, and you know what? What I tell people is, first of all, they're labeled as non-compliant. Uh, the first question I ask them: <laughs> did We do a good job educating them. Do they know the what the causes are? And if they do, our talk is different. No, nowadays, of course, you know, healthcare changes just about every other month. But now we're really looking at outcomes, at quality. So that means if that patient's not doing their job, do we really want to continue doing what's right? So, anyway, at that point, we want to ask them, you know, do you really want to keep coming here when you're not following our advice because you're not going to heal?
1: Hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now, a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Proudly presented by A Bear, Country, Shreveport. Your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer.
0: Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas.
1: Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour proudly presented by Abares, sending country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Frank Avelis, who is a nationally known wound care specialist, and he's discussing ways to treat those difficult wounds that you might have yourself or your loved one and how to deal with those before and you might have to go to to the wound care specialist, but hopefully you can do some things at home uh, to help uh, reduce that problem and heal that wound faster, right, Frank? Yes. I mean, they they shouldn't just leave it when, when somebody has a cut uh, in the kitchen or they ran in the in, into the swing set for a child. I mean, or fall off the floor, or I'm trying to think taking care of the grandkids that's the that's the thing that we my wife and i get so nervous about is what happens if anybody gets a cut and falls off the swing set you know what are we going to do and, and she's a healthcare professional i'm a quasi one but uh, you know i think she knows what to do more than i would i would panic uh, and we would rush them to the ur but before you do that you need to do something right let's say let's say you have a a, a cut in uh at the park or whatnot w- what should an individual do first
2: Well, um, that's going to vary, I guess, uh, what we said earlier. The younger you are, you know that healing is going to be easier to do. The older we are, it's going to be a little harder. Uh, I'm going to give you a few examples, and and you laugh because you're on a break. You asked me about hydrogen peroxide. Well, I tell you what. There was a study done a long time ago, and uh, the study showed that hydrogen peroxide, betadine, uh, amongst others, um, killed good cells. And the statement back then was, don't put anything in your eye, That don't put anything in a wound that you wouldn't put in your eye. Oh, good but, point. But that's a good point. But I, I didn't like that statement. Because the problem is, you're right, those things kill good cells. But if you have a wound that has no good cells, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to kill anything. So the other day, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but the other day I had a little accident. Uh, I fell. Um, I fell into the river, but on the way down, I hit everything possible. Oh, no. And I knew how to cut. You know, as I was falling down and I knew I cut my leg, I knew something was going to happen. Because we have uh, in the lake, you can grab bacteria. So as we get older, we get a cut. That bacteria can get in there. And I can't tell you how many infections I've seen. I've seen people uh, get a cut, go into the lake. And try to take care of the wounds at home. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they're in the emergency room. They're scheduling for surgery because the infection, it could be a flesh-eating bacteria type
1: And it, thing. And it went real quick. It, got, it, it attacks very quickly, correct? And
2: it attacks very quickly. So when you ask about what can we do... Yeah, you can doctor it enough to get you to the next level and also note any signs of infection if you have redness, swelling, and so forth.
1: So the betadine in that particular scenario or the uh, the uh, the, uh, the peroxide would have been appropriate?
2: Would have been appropriate.
1: Because there are some other things that could be in there that you need to uh, address really
2: quickly. Exactly. Um, so that, so that's what I did. I knew, I, well, I couldn't walk, so I had to get my <laughs> wife to run down. And the first thing I said, the only thing I have is hydrogen peroxide because I know it was a superficial cut. Now, when the cuts are bigger, larger, and deeper, then you've got to be careful, you know, because there's other studies that says what to do. So, but the best thing is if you get a deep cut, just go to the emergency room as you get older.
1: Well... Uh, tell uh, also tell others, Let's say they're, they're they're cutting at home and their and then in their kitchen and they use that big sharp fancy knife that they knife set that they have. But shouldn't they also just wash it and clean it, g- clean of anything that you know they might have had? Onions, they might have had meat, they might have had something in there they were cutting, right? Right. Clean it as quickly as possible?
2: Yeah, of course, they recommend to clean it with water, let water run it, and then go. Now, if you do sever your finger, put it on ice and get to the hospital. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to give you an example, and, and, and this patient has given us authority to, to tell others, but we had one of our um, hospital employees, it was his anniversary, he shouldn't have been cooking, but he did. He sliced his finger. And they reattached it, and it wow. was not getting better. So he came to a clinic, and we did use an advanced modality. We put him in hyperbarics, and that revived that, that flesh, and it, he ended up healing.
1: Hmm. So hyperbaric, explain to listeners what that is. Hyperbaric chamber.
2: Yes. Hyperbaric it- chamber is just like um, most people think of diving. When you have a diving accident, they put you in these chambers. But we use it on the medical world for other problems. Uh, it is highly regulated, so you have to make sure that your patients are a good candidate for it. And what we do with hyperbarics is that we drive 100% oxygen into the body. Right now, when we're breathing, it's going, uh, the oxygen is going to our lungs and our blood takes the oxygen throughout the body. But what we do with hyperbarics, we're using physics to drive oxygen straight into the body. So if you have an area that has tissue that's not healing, that doesn't have enough blood flow, you can actually drive the oxygen there, and you're hyper-oxygenating the area about 20 to 25 times normal. So, Frank, is it going directly to the the, the, the area, or is it the whole body gets the oxygen? The whole body gets his oxygen, and actually... Um, they did a study back in the late 50s where they took this pig and they removed all the hemoglobin from the blood. And they put him in hyperbarics. Mm-hmm. And that pig survived. He was alive the whole time he was in hyperbarics because he was getting the oxygen straight out. Whoa. So
1: so, it, so it's not, I mean, I've, I've seen a hyperbaric chamber, but I never thought about it. Uh, it, it It's treating the whole really it's giving the oxygen to the whole body so it 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 comes through the lungs that gets eventually get they, they just don't target the the finger or the the limb that has the room et cetera it's the whole body
2: is the whole body is that finger that it so might, it, be it might
1: help ever, ever some places else in the body that needs <laughs> extra oxygen is that right
2: right right now unfortunately um I told you it was highly regulated, so the fDA has only approved about thirteen conditions. You know, such as the flesh-eating bacteria, gas gangrene, um, a diabetic with an infected wound, uh, people with decreased arterial circulation, carbon monoxide poisoning, mm. um, okay. and, and there's also crush injuries. Uh, I, we've seen a lot of crush injuries, and typically, I'm going to tell you, I've seen crush injuries not treated with hyperbarics and others treated with hyperbarics, and it's amazing how much faster those wounds heal with hyperbarics.
1: Now, the crush injury means a a part of the arm was run over by something or part of the leg. Is that what you mean by crush injuries?
2: (laughs) You know, typically, um, most people think of that. Yeah. But in our world, in the wound care world, when we talk about a crush injury, it could be your wife hit you with a baseball bat. You know, so the body received a blow from an outside object. You know, we've seen that happen. Or a piece of wood fell on somebody's leg. And uh, we had one recently, actually, um, that insurance did not allow him to get to hyperbarics, and his his leg got worse and worse. They finally approved it, and now he's making progress.
1: Oh, great! So, wow. so that's an injury I never th- I never thought of that crushing injuries that that hyperbaric can help because it would it helps the body get back to its normal. The healing process quicker than it's trying to heal itself slowly but surely but this oxygen saturated oxygen helps it speed up the process is that what I take it?
2: Right oxygen could be used as a drug and that's what we're using in hyperbarics Um, it will help bacteria it will help um, fight infections faster so our safety our hyperbaric safety director Dale Jordan put it best the other day while we were doing uh, a talk and what he says is, what we're doing is we're putting you in there to increase your oxygen, just like when you're playing, you know, the Powerball. You play the <laughs> multiplier to speed up or to get more money. So we're using the hyperbarics to multiply the effects of hyperbarics. Uh, in addition to that, it decreases swelling. So when a crush injury, when you start having this swelling, you'll end up with a moment where the local tissue may not get blood. So this is helping Get the right blood in the right tissue.
1: So, is it is it the prerogative of the hopefully the physician to know when it is appropriate to use hyperbaric? If they, when they see a particular wound, or if they see a particular condition, and hopefully they would uh, know. But but patients and family members can be a little bit proactive, which I tell a few people that sometimes the physicians don't remember everything. Uh, It's good to be proactive. Is that right, Frank?
2: Yeah, it is good to be proactive. And actually, we teach our patients. Now, uh, unfortunately, in the past, you know, just like anything else, if it's overused, overutilized, there's more scrutiny. What we say at our clinic, we're going to do the right thing at the right time for the right patient.
1: So. No, well, that's 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 appropriate that we don't want to overutilize thing. And, and that that gets us all in trouble. And plus, it uh, utilizes health uh, healthcare resources we don't have to use. We don't really uh, I can I can see the positive things of that we we don't want to. Uh, we only want, need when it's medically necessary, and when it's appropriate, but not just to, to do it. Right. Correct. It has no good outcome we clinically as well as uh, positively. Um, So what else can you tell listeners about wounds?
2: Now, I do want to add one more thing about hyperbarics. Um, You know, there's a science behind what we do. So when a patient comes into our clinic, if they're requesting hyperbarics, we're not going to do that. Only a small percentage of the patients can get to the chamber issues. We do certain tests. And if those tests show that that modality, that hyperbaric is going to help and they qualify, and we'll proceed. At the same time, we'll continue doing tests. If it's not helping them, then we're going to take them out of there.
1: Um, okay, so the other aspect, whenever they, let's say they come to your clinic and they go home, I, I see a lot of individuals, family members, especially if it's a difficult wound, uh, having dressing changes. Mm <laughs> hmm. And, and that, isn't that a difficult task to educate the family member as well as the patient? Probably you tell the the, the family member and the, and the patient listens but doesn't remember at all, right?
2: Well, that's right, but not just that. Uh, some patients don't like the title of blood or their family members. So you can tell who's going to help or who's not. Um, but the, the dressing changes get a little complicated because there's an art to that, in my opinion. And there's so many dressings out there. So you have to dress for the right occasion. Uh, So what we do is we do train the family members. We give them sheets, but we also make sure that they know what to look for and whatnot. Because it gets complicated. There's at one time there were over 5,000 different dressings out there. (laughs) 5,000? Yes. And of course, everybody's got the greatest and the best, but um, you have to really hone in. Uh, Another statement that they used to say... Was that, you know, it doesn't matter what you put on it, meaning the dressing, it matters what you do to the wound. And how you take it off, right? Right. Uh,
1: well, hold that thought. I want to go into that pretty detail because a lot of people have missed uh, having bad thoughts about that one. We'll be right back with more information but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel, Proudly presented by A-Bear's Tending Country of Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's
0: got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the Best of of Times with your host,
1: Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bear's Sending Country, S. Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Frank Avelas, who is a nationally known wound care specialist, and he's discussing the ways to treat difficult wounds in uh, for you or your loved ones. So, Frank, getting back to dressing changes, I, you know, I personally think the, the people that I've seen at home taking care of their wounds, I, I really think that they're either they're nervous uh they tend to get have problems they have to go back to er they have to go back to the clinic they have to go call their home care administrator (laughs) home care if they're they're getting home care the home care may come like once or twice a week but they have to get it dressed each and every day uh what are your thoughts on wound care dressings by family members
2: well um we do teach how to do that because there's, sometimes there's no other uh, alternative. The family member has to be involved, but they have to be our eyes and ears, and they have to be trained properly. Um, I've seen times where the family takes care of them, and they end up coming back to the hospital for another surgery because they may not know what to look for, and the wound changes you know, over time. And we know how it should progress. And we're hoping that the family also can learn that too. But the, what we see a lot is that a lot of times they use what, what we call wet to dry. And that's been the standard for, for a long time. But it's not standard of care nowadays. Um, what happens is because we have all these dressings that can do the job, Wet to dry is not considered standard of care, except on certain occasions and actually that's not Frank saying it. actually the government <laughs> made a statement to that effect uh, so some occasions okay, but if that's all you're using, then you're behind the times. It's not the best of times
1: well, so, I, that's a good point that's good so uh, so it, so it causes the wound not to heal faster or causes complications well, what's the what's the issue there?
2: Well, when you go back to the history. Um, the wet to dry was used you put it on uh, wet and it dries mm-hmm. and it's supposed to stick to all this non-wanted material on the road. Right. that's what and i thought then, then you're supposed to rip it off and take it off but how many people will let you do that you know mm-hmm. they're going to be in pain you got to medicate them and so really that's not the way to do it uh it has been shown and actually uh in wound care he, he's known as uh the father of, of moist wound healing back in the sixties dr george winter took a pig and he did six uh lesions on the back and he covered half of them and what he found out was that those that were covered heal faster 50 percent faster so now we're into the moist wound healing era and we have all these dressings that can promote that you know of course you got to pick the right wound if it's infected you don't want to do that uh but we know that things heal faster um I'm a picker. Uh, I like. I see a scab. I want to pick at it. Mm-hmm. Well, Grandma used to say, that things scab. It heals faster." But we know that's not right. You got to let it heal by moist wound healing because it'll heal faster. Wow, well, that, that's remarkable. What What about using alcohol
1: to disinfect the wound? Is that good or bad?
2: Um, that's that's not good. Um, we have other products that we can use for that. And actually, believe it or not, if you read some of the product inserts or the packages, some of these products that contain alcohol will say, do not use inside of a, a wound. And uh, so you got to be careful. Make sure you follow what the product says. Is do used not for. use inside the wound. Right. But you can use it on the outside? On the skin.
1: On the skin surface, but don't use it inside. Correct. Wow. Sometimes we need to read that fine print, right, right, Frank? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll be uh, frank with you. You're
1: right. Oh, you're good. You're good. You, that was like I just led you right into that. So, uh, so when would be the time when a person, let's say, taking care of their wound at home with their their loved one, need to go either the ER or needs to go see uh, emergent clinic, urgent clinic, or whatever. When's the time? I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody's thinking about that out there in, in Radio Land that's listening to the show today. So Frank has not told us we can do all these things at home and hopefully it's going to get better. So do, do they wait one day, two days, three days? Is there, not, is there a magic number or do, we look, do they look at something?
2: Uh, no, and actually I'm going to answer that in two points. So when would you... Um, I'm going to tell you that, you know, actually, let's talk about the analogy again. You know, your car breaks down, okay? Um, you're probably going to take it to the backyard mechanic. You know, that's what I do. But now you have a specialized car. you got a nicer car. Would you still take it to the backyard mechanic when they don't have all the tools, possibly? No, you probably take it to the dealer. And they see these problems day in and day out. So they're going to know how to fix it, do it right, and faster, whereas if you take it to somebody that may not know what to do you may be there you may be without a car for quite some time and still when you finish you're still going to have to take it to the dealer same thing with a wound Um, when you have a wound if you have other complications you really want to be led in the right direction go see an expert go see somebody who specializes in wounds and has a history or a good track At home, you can doctor up a little bit, but again, if you're younger, you're probably just going to run, put some antibiotic ointment, and and go with it, but you never know. Uh, If it's a puncture wound, no matter what, you go see a doctor, because that drives bacteria deep in the tissue. If you're a diabetic, go get checked, go see a doctor. If the wound is not making progress, and you're seeing somebody, you know, I would start asking questions. You know, what are we doing at Is it, is it going to get better? What are the alternatives? Because, again, you don't want to wait till it's too late to come see me. And all of a sudden, the only thing left is amputation.
1: And, and the other thing is ex- look at it. I get a family member to look at it occasionally. Don't just wait for weeks before we look at the the wound. And how often are dressings? I know that's a, that's a variable statement here. How often dressings should be changed on a, on a, on a pretty good size one? How often do you recommend?
2: Well... Uh, th- that all depends on the dressing because there's some that are based base for daily. There's some that are left every other day, some once a week. So it's going to be based on the, the type of dressing, okay. where you're at with the wound and so forth. And your health care
1: provider, the nurse, the, the physician, or the wound care specialist or, or instruct the patient as well as the family members. So follow those discharge orders if they really leave from your clinic, right?
2: Exactly. And look, if the wound's not getting better, I'll give you an example. We had a diabetic that had a simple wound and it was not getting better she was told that this is normal the swelling is normal and um, after about two weeks she knew there was more pain it was not normal she ended up coming to her clinic and I'm gonna tell you I still have that picture in my mind when I saw that wound with a doctor. Uh, We did a a biopsy that day, and as soon as we introduced that sharp object into the wound, all this pus came out. And they ended up having to open her from mid-thigh down to lower leg. That's how intense this wound was. She had diabetes, neuropathy. So, again, you try to doctor at home. If you have all these complications, you may not be ending in the right Direction
1: and it's better to be sooner than to wait and procrastinate a little bit later on, right? That's correct. And that—that's the the atom. Add- I mean, some people think, oh, it's it's minor, but mm-hmm. but if it festers and gets worse and worse, and you know, then you need to take pretty good aggressive treatment right. as, as, as soon as possible. So don't get worse. You, you want to be ablatory. You want to be having a healthy life as well. So uh.
2: now I will tell you that if you have a primary care doctor, that's your, your step one. But also realize, like at our center, you don't need a doctor referral. You can just pick up the phone call and say, hey, I want somebody to look at me. And we will do that because we have our own wound care doctors. As a matter of fact, not to advertise. But we have, just on the nursing staff, we have four, four certifications and also 104 years of experience, not counting the 10 physicians that are in our clinic.
1: Wow, that's pretty awesome. And that's in Natchitoches. So, again, we hope our people that are listening in and there on the Natchitoches area will remember that, that uh, the Natchitoches Re- Regional Hospital has those particular services. So, again, thank you for joining us today on the Best of Times Radio Royal, Frank, you were wonderful. I knew that you would give me be a good lecturer here, that you have lectured to people all over the world. But now you're lecturing to common folks like me and all of my radio listeners out there in the architect so i think you've given them some great advice great information hopefully they'll help individuals and their family members so thank you again looking forward to having you coming back on the show so thank you again
2: well thank you for having me and if anybody wants to reach out has questions they can do that by calling me at natchitoches regional and ask for frank in the wound care department thank
1: you frank We'll be right back with more information, but now we're with more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio so possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A. Bears, Town and Country S Report. Your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep Dealer.
0: Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas.
1: Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to our show today. Hope you join us next Saturday for another interesting show that could benefit you or your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy, The Best of Times, at one of our 522 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Coligas. Wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day.
0: You've been listening to the best of times on 710 Kiel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for the best of times. This is News Radio 710 Kiel K-E-E-L. Shreveport, Mosier.